All right, and we are back for a new episode of It Never Hurts to Ask. I'm your host, Chris Graves, and I'm here with my, uh, I guess I'll call you my online friend, my e-friend, Eric Tippins. That does sound a little weird, but yes, we are (laughs) friends here. (laughs) So, Eric and I know each other um, through social media, I guess you you would call it. Um, Pretty much the online equivalent of Fight Club, like we were saying. Yeah, we weren't really supposed to talk about it too much, but uh, it's a pretty interesting group. It's a it's it's an eclectic group. Yes, lots of lots of lots of good pictures, articles, pretty much anything that you're not supposed to talk about, we talk about on there. Yeah, yeah. You wanted to talk on this episode about memes. Yeah. <laughs> How are you going to do that? What do you want to talk about? Enlighten us. It's not it's not really a, a whole lot I uh, to talk about. It's really a pro not a whole lot of process when it comes to uh, gathering memes. You basically wake up in the morning and you're like, all right, let's go scroll through this thing. Basically, your brand of humor, it really just depends on what kind of humor you have. I don't really have a filter when it comes to my humor, so um, I wake up and I see something funny, and it may be, might, might offend somebody else. It will. It will offend somebody. It definitely will offend somebody else. Uh, I might happen to think that's funny. <laughs> you know, I'll choose for you a few of those, and it goes straight, it goes straight to the group, and usually has a pretty solid response to that so that's usually my process when it comes to to memes waking up in the morning before i even get my coffee usually (laughs) you just roll over and start scrolling yeah i mean my phone's (laughs) charged why not so so eric tippins um eric we agreed to do the podcast um I know I had a couple questions for you. You work in the restaurant industry. Yes, I am an assistant general manager for a restaurant. The long title. Yes, I am the assistant to the general manager. Quite true. Yes. I... <laughs> um, so I want to talk to you a little bit about the restaurant industry. I got questions about that. Okay. Um, but also, you are a transplant from Virginia, if yes. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm, fr- I'm from the uh, Maryland, D.C. area, or the DMV, as they call it back there. Okay. So we'll talk about your transition to Texans, how you feel about that. Um, I guess let's start there. What brought you to Texas? Well, it was about, let's see, it was about 2009, still living with my parents after getting out of college. What did you study? I studied English. I actually went to um, Blue Ridge Community College in Harrisonburg, Virginia, um, well, outside of Harrisonburg, Virginia, but it, it was with my, my buddies, Chris and Jules and a couple other guys. And they, uh, they went to James Madison and I went to Blue Ridge and I ended up getting my associates there and then had a couple options. I could have gone to Radford, but ultimately I ended up deciding to go to the George Mason because it was back home and it was a lot cheaper to, a lot, a lot cheaper to live rent free with your parents again. But unfortunately, uh, the drive was a little bit too much, and and I didn't really have the heart to to get into it. So I didn't really finish my English degree, but I did end up getting my associates um, about 2005. Okay. Yeah. So what made you move to Texas? I, um, being 27 years old, I kind of had it. Being li- living with your parents, a lot of the times you're, you're they're giving you the option to live there. That means they're kind of spoiling you. And I didn't really want to be spoiled. So as soon as I got the option, one of my buddies um, was was just moving down here in San Antonio. And he's like, hey, um, I've got this option to get into a 
house uh, for pretty pretty cheap that you could you could live in as well. So if you'd like to come down here, let me know. And this was in 2000, late 2009, early 2010. And I was all for it. So I didn't really tell my parents at the time, um, but I was getting ready to leave, and I had everything packed up. Um, I actually had a relationship going on at the time too, which I had to leave behind there. Um, but as soon as I was getting ready to leave, uh, we had one of the worst uh, no snowstorms that we've ever had in the longest time. It was about 53 inches of snow. And for me, that's like almost like shoulder. <laughs> People can't see it, but but Eric is a petite gentleman. I'm a little short. <laughs> um, that's crazy. So did that postpone your? Yeah, about it actually postponed it about a month, and then um, just for the everything to thaw out, or you just kind of had other things come up. Well, it it kind of stopped him. I don't from, know about snowstorms. So well, snowstorms kind of affect everything because it's just like a giant block of ice, like that covers your city. Um, so it really, he was, my, my buddy was still down in San Antonio. So coming up here was kind of hard. Right. Um, cause he was getting, he was moving a couple of things as well. And I was going to follow him down and made it hard for me to get out. Cause I can't come up there. And it was, it, it just kind of sucked overall basically yeah. for all, but for both of us. Gotcha. So I, I came down here to Texas and the first place I stopped at was Whataburger. Yeah, there you go. And I immediately gained about 15 pounds after that. Does Virginia, that whole area, the, the DMV, as you call it, do you guys have an equivalent to Whataburger? Is it White Castle over there? Or, like, what's your... McDonald's? Really? Oh. <laughs> oh. We don't really have that kind of uh, option here. I mean, best, I mean, one thing that we do have in Virginia that we don't have in... Texas is Yingling. That's but, true. I still want to have Yingling. Yeah, it's my favorite beer of all time. Not not a lot of people can say that too. Most people think it's kind of gross, actually. Really, I've tried to get it imported to Texas, and you can't do it. Nope. Nobody will. I've I've it. I've tweeted uh, Yingling before, and they're like, "Oh, maybe one day we'll do it." But the closest that you can get Yingling is um, Louisiana. Oh, they've got in Louisiana. Yeah, so all you have to do is drive close to eight hours, and you can... Worth it. it. I didn't even know it was that close. Yeah, it's pretty close, man. I actually had somebody do it not that long ago. There's a... I mean, we've got our regional beers. Lone Star. Yeah. You guys have, do you have Shiner out there? Where, oh, in Virginia? Yeah, yeah, they have Shiner out there. Okay. Yeah, my my brother obsesses over like uh, Shiner Cheer and Shiner Ruby Redbird. Yeah, and I'm just like, eh, okay. Shiner <laughs> Light Blonde is my go-to. I'm a. It's not the best tasting, but it tastes good enough to like throw beers back in the pool. I liked I liked Ruby Redbird about four years ago when they didn't put too much ginger into it, and I was floating the Kamau River, and that's all I would do is drink Ruby Redbird and and float down the river and just get massively. Intoxicated. <laughs> Sounds like a Texan to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of fit in really quickly. <laughs> how's how's living here compared to you? Because I have friends who've moved here from New York and other places, yeah. and a lot of them are like, "Oh, I, I would never go back." Do you? Yeah, I'm about the same way. I would. I honestly wouldn't. I I love my family and everything, and my friends that still live up there. Um, but if you've lived at a certain place for a period of time where where you know it's like it's it's. The quality of life there to to maintain something really like positive like 
have a good house and a family and everything, the, the amount of money that you need is astronomical. That's, Dude, that's how I feel here in Austin. Really? Yeah. Because like, like, so this zip code that we're in, mm-hmm. but in perspective, my sister lives in St. Louis and she just bought a house. Uh, I want to say it's four or five bedroom, big an- antique historic home. She bought it for $141,000. Her house in this zip code, million, million one. Yeah, I and can imagine that. Yeah, the cheapest house you're going to get into here is three hundred, unless you want to live Jeez. just way, way up in the burbs. You want to live in San Antonio? The house that we have right now, one story, two, three bedrooms, is one seventy nine. Like the best, and one of the best parts of the city. Uh, it's, it's I don't want to move. <laughs> yeah, you, you got it made. Yeah. Yeah, and it, now I'm I'm at that age where it's like I gotta be an adult. I gotta buy a house, and then I look at the prices. It's like <laughs> I'll be eating ramen like a college kid again if you, I did. You could probably draw a house pretty, uh, for cheaper. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> it's uh. So what else? What is it? What are the big differences you notice between living here and living there, other than cost of living? People. People definitely are a lot more nicer down here mm-hmm. than they are up there. Uh, traffic. Everybody complains about traffic in Austin. Everyone complains about traffic in San Antonio. Like, oh my God, I can't, can't get through Austin traffic. It's so horrible. You, you've never seen traffic before until you've lived in Washington D.C. I heard D.C. traffic's the worst. It ninety percent of the people that live in D.C. or that that live outside of D.C. they commute to D.C. on a daily basis. So you've got like all these people coming in to the city and then all these people leaving at four or five o'clock one of them happens to get an accident and pretty much all the highways are connected the one person gets in an accident <laughs> the whole city's pretty much fucked you know <laughs> oh yeah people complain about austin traffic and it's not great because there's so few highways mm-hmm. but i lived in dallas and the sprawl in dallas makes it so much work. Like Austin's a pretty compact geographically speaking city. Yeah. So you can get around eat a bad commute's an hour, which is no yeah. fun, but that's not two, three hours, four hour commute. It's yeah. It, you, it's manageable. Yeah. Living in DC, if you if you're I had a commute to my old job back there um before they before September eleventh, um I used to be able to commute in in through Fort Belvoir and go go straight through to get to my job. After September 11th, they closed down the the the, the military base, and I'd have to drive around it. So it added an extra 30 minutes to it. Each way. Yeah. Oh. So going in and out of, from like a place that should normally be like like a 10 minute commute turned into like a 30 40 minute commute. So fun. Yeah. Yeah. So you were talking about the people being nicer down here. Yeah. I used to live in Philly for a little bit. Oh, God. And, yeah. <laughs> I actually, nobody believes me when I say this, I like the people in Philly because- You're like the only one. <laughs> I Yeah. It probably speaks to my character, but you knew where you stood with every person at any given moment. There was no Southern hospitality. There was no veneer of, are we cool? Are we good? If they had an issue with you, they were going to tell you you were a dickhead and why you were a dickhead. That sounds pretty East Coast there. Very honest, open <laughs> society. Pretty, pretty cut and dry there. 
Canadians are, are the same way as tech where they're so nice. You don't entirely know where you stand. What's are, are we good? Or are you just being nice to my face? But you think I'm a complete fucking idiot. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, they also leave their doors open. They do. They do. I, I was hanging out with a Canadian girl in uh, Ottawa and we're sitting at a restaurant. She just opens up her purse, pulls out of all her weed and starts like packing a pipe. I'm like, what, what are you doing? She's like, what, what? I was like, well, aren't you worried about the police? She goes, the, the police are here to protect me. I'm not worried about the police. I was like, well, this is, this is a great life you live. Where can, where do I sign up for Canada? Yeah. Right. I, I'm still trying <laughs> after. So people listening, uh, Eric and I just finished watching, uh, Trump's brilliant immigration <laughs> debate. Um, and so it got me thinking when we were talking about Canada, uh, when Trump got elected on election night, I logged onto Facebook to, you know, see the social media fallout mm-hmm. and I checked my messages. I actually had three separate messages from two Canadians and an Australian offering me citizenship marriage saying, Hey, if things, if things go tits up there, let me know. I'll take care of you. And I, I seriously considered a couple of them. You're going to have a concierge waiting for you. already. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Just a red carpet to the consulate, please. But, uh, yeah, it's, what what have you noticed politically? Have you noticed political differences, Texas and honestly, the I East mean, Coast? I mean, uh, living in D.C. for a while, you should. I mean, I went to school with the with the Manafort sisters. Really? Yeah, I went to school with them. Um, you ever I, meet Paul? No, I've never. I, if I did, then he was one of the few guys that you know. Everybody in Mount Vernon was kind of known for something because they all lived in these little nice mansions and everything. Um, but I mean, politically wise, I, I don't really see it. I don't really see it too, too, too much in, in either city. Like I, I guess there's in Northern Virginia, there's more of a de- democratic kind of thing, but in San Antonio is the same way. So yeah. it wasn't really too much of an overlap uh, with that, but I, ah, that, Good transition. There is one guy that that comes into our restaurant frequently, and he's like decked out. He's got his Trump hat on. He's got this and that. He 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 orders a steak. Well done. With well ketchup. done. Yes. Does he really? Yes, he does. <laughs> he does. Um, what a garbage Texan. And he always complains about it being not cooked enough for him, or this and that. Most annoying thing in the world. You need to make his steak great again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, he's the only person that I've ever seen in my restaurant wearing a Make America Great, Make America Great Again hat. Really? I uh, went to school out in East Texas. I don't know how familiar you are, you are with the rest of Texas. But I uh, went to school in Nacogdoches, which is bumfuck East Texas, tiny woods, very rural. One gas station. No, not the, I mean, it's a college town, so I mean, it's, it's a town. Mm-hmm. But it's um, very, like... You would see the the local churches come out with signs protesting masturbation and Jesus saves from homosexuality and all that, and it was a regular occurrence. And I'm sitting there reading the signs: God will protect, God saves from masturbation, and gay marriage, and drinking and drugs and porn. I'm sitting there thinking, a lot of those are are pretty awesome. Yeah, Jesus can leave me alone yeah. with most of those. Thank you. <laughs> but that was. Because I grew up in Dallas and I've lived in Austin, which are both pretty liberal. Philadelphia is pretty liberal, but yeah. 
East Texas is when you hear about the Bible Belt and you hear about those stereotypes, a lot of them originate from that part of the country, and they're true. You, you'll go you'll go out to dinner with a, somebody who's openly gay, or I had it happen with just a, a Hispanic female friend of mine. We'll go to the mall, and you could see the old white people just kind of turning their heads and staring. It's like this is. The, the, it's like it's like they hopped into a time machine, and hopped out in the fifty eight. Yeah, they, they they don't really know what they're saying in in this day and age. Basically, cause yeah. There's a, there was another experience because I worked downtown at the Riverwalk uh, at a restaurant, and we at the Riverwalk you have there's 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 a lot of openly gay people down there. Yeah. Um. But we had one server and. One of these guys, and he was taking care of a table, and he straight up asked to speak to the manager almost immediately, and he said, not going to be served by that fruitcake. If he had talked to me, that would have been completely different story. He wouldn't be eating there that night. Yeah. But for him to say something like that, I was just, I don't know. I guess guess in any area, you kind of have that kind of people just, I mean, you you could even have it in the D.C. metro area as well. Yeah just really shitty people in a lot of different places. And it's, it's weird that they, those people feel so entitled to, to speak that out. Like everybody's just going to agree with you on your backwards. Man, you're right. Oh, he he is gay. I shouldn't let him serve you a burrito. That's a good point. Man, shouldn't get married. Touche. He shouldn't be unhappy like the rest of us. (laughs) It's, all right, so en- enough polit- political ranting for that, now. That, that's I, my gist right there. We've I don't, turned I don't everybody off. I want to talk to you a bit about the restaurant industry and just random questions I've got about that. Um, and I, I want to apologize to everybody listening. We're, we're working with some new uh, microphone stands, and they are awfully noisy, so I apologize for that. Um. Did you get started in the restaurant industry in San Antonio? Or were you in the service industry? No, back home too. I um I started in the restaurant industry when I was 17 years old. Originally, I was working at Best Buy in Springfield, Virginia, um, store 269. Um, but I uh, my mom wanted me to start making a lot more money, so she asked me to get a second job. So I did. There was a restaurant opening up called Red Hot and Blue. Me and my buddy Matt um, went up there while they were still building a place and applied. And I had never had any experience at all in in the in the restaurant industry before that or anything like that because I was 17 years old, not not a whole experience with jobs at, at all then. Um, but we opened up that restaurant and I kind of slowly became from well, I went from being a food runner and busser to expediter, server, carryout person. Bartender, caterer. At 17? Yeah, about a couple of years into it, yeah. So I was 19, 20 years old when this all started happening, so. Okay. Um, catering manager. And then uh, I was there for about 10 years. So I've uh, so prior to prior to coming to San Antonio, I've had close to 9 to 10 years of restaurant experience. What do you, because I know some, some other people who, get into it and just never leave. That's their career. 
what is it about it that appeals to you that makes you want to keep at it? Well, for a lot of people, it's easy money. Like you don't have to wait for a paycheck. I mean, you're 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 there already, and somebody tips you five bucks. That five bucks is yours, you know, minus your tip out for if you have somebody hosting or busing or whatever 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 rules that your your restaurant has. But it a lot of people, it's easy money. Um, you can come walk in with zero zero dollars and walk out with 120, depending on how good you are. And a lot of it's not even based on if you're a good server. It's really the whole system as being a server is having a good personality. You know, um, if you if you have kind of a shitty personality, or you people think that you have one of those kind of types of personalities, you're probably not going to make a lot of money. And you're probably not going to do well in the industry at all. You can be like a hard worker, but as long as you're you making the guest happy, I guess that has the big biggest factor into it. I read I've read a couple interesting studies about the service industry and and tipping in particular, and they found that on average, white women make the most in tips followed by white men, black men, black women, it, it kind of goes down the list. And it's and they control for quality of service, friendliness, attentiveness. And they found that oh, it, a very personable, friendly, attentive black woman will get less in tips on average than a half-ass attractive white woman. Regardless of the the service or the wait times, I never even saw it like that. <laughs> they've I don't know how you run those kind of experiments, but do you? Does a part of you want to see the industry do away with tips or not rely on them as heavily? No, honestly, um, we actually had um, when I worked at Joe's Crab Shack. I was just getting ready to leave that uh, hellhole. Um, they were starting to do uh, some a couple experiments with having the servers make a livable wage, like $15 an hour and everything. But servers can make a lot more than $15 an hour um, if, they're, if they're good at it, you know, with their personalities and, you know, being attentive and all that stuff. So just having a fixed income with that, I do not think that's a good idea for any restaurant because I mean, the whole service industry is kind of based on tips. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, how do you like management versus serving? Well, being a manager, you're pretty much a glorified babysitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot more to it. Um, it just depends on what kind of manager you are being at the, at the level I am now. I see a lot of the things that I used to do as a server that aren't right. <laughs> and I'm like looking at a per I'm looking at a brand new person who's like 18 years old and they're ready to jump on the floor and they're not ready for it. And I'm like, oh man, I'm looking at myself like. What, what kind of ago. habits do you see? Oh, being on your phone, um, not taking care of your guests, like make, you know, standing at the side station, talking, shooting the, shooting the ass with everybody, 
you know, just basically not being attentive, uh, being dirty and messy, which I still have a problem with even as a manager. Yeah. It's yeah. Working in the pantry, it's kind of pandemonium sometimes when it, when it, when it kind of hits the fan. So, um, but yeah, there's a lot of things like looking as a manager, you, uh, coming from the, the service end of it, going into management, there's a lot of things that you notice, um, that you didn't before because you're not in that part of the restaurant anymore. And then you're like, Oh man, well, I got corrected on this. So maybe I should tell him to do this and that and everything. But yeah, it's almost kind of like being a manager and it, and it's a great thing. I, I really do like being a manager because all the people that I work with, you know, are, are nice and friendly and we all get along. And if I, you don't have a nice strong team behind you, then you're not going to make it as a whole in any restaurant. I don't care who you are. You could be Chili's and you would probably tank in a hot second. So, but, um, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, so being as a manager, do you, you have servers who are amazing with customers and are great on the service end, but are garbage punctuality, uh, helping others like garbage with everything else, but are great in front of a customer. Oh yeah. I mean, we've, we've had those type of people, but if, if you're not, if you're the type of person that only cares about your customer and not, not for the rest of your team, then you really shouldn't be in the restaurant industry at all because it, the restaurant industry kind of thrives on everybody working together. Cause if everybody's making money, you're making money. So if you're just out there, taking good care of your customers, making money, and then, you know, the ice isn't stocked or the teas aren't filled and lemons are because you won't do it because you only care about what you're doing, then, yeah, you're not going to make it, and you're kind of a garbage person for doing so. Have you gotten to fire people so far? Do you, do you oh, yeah. To? It's fun. <laughs> What's? It's not fun. I'm just kidding. No, it's <laughs> even the people who are garbage, it sucks to fire, yeah. I've found. Well. What's the What's the the weirdest or the most notable reason you had to fire somebody? Well, there was one. All right. There's, there's this one girl and she had only been working there about a month. Most of the people that I've fired recently, um, have only been working there for a short period of time. So, um, this one girl, she basically told the back of the house person who was running the expo line that the table took too long or the tables asking for their food and they're because they're in a hurry. And then she ended up telling the table, that the kitchen was taking too long and then she, she didn't really care about it anyways. So when I had to go fire her, cause I had obviously this so she of, threw the kitchen under the bus. Basically. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I wasn't there for that day, but I, hearing about it, it just kind of pisses me off already. And, but I came, she came into work and I'm like, Hey, look, this is what happened. I know you did this and that. And then she kind of was just like, yeah, I understand. She actually shook my hand. The last person that I don't remember a person before that that actually shook my hand for that. <laughs> the the person before that was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you're doing this." Just that, you know. Sorry about your luck, man. It, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, I've I've had to fire a couple people, and it's uh, not fun. It the, sucks. The man. best case scenario is them bummed out and going. Yeah, you're right. Okay. That, sorry about that. Well, Bye. 
I didn't. Well, this happened right when I got I got promoted to assistant general manager. Lean a little bit and more to the mic. Sorry. There you go. There was a manager that was there, and that was she was a really good manager at the time. Um, but he was consistently late, and uh, this is like my first week being an AGM in this store. I've only I've only worked at bits and, bits and pieces at prior to that, and uh, he didn't show up for his shift. He was supposed to be there at eleven o'clock, and it was like noon at this point, and I'm like calling my area director. Hey man, this guy's what the what's going on? You know. And so I didn't hear anything back from him, and then I got a call at like one thirty-two o'clock, and he's like, "If that guy comes into work, tell him to send him on his way, and call the police." So, really, apparently he was threatening the area director, <laughs> and then he also threatened me as well. So there was a police report that had to be filed. That's ballsy. Yeah, the industry is kind of full of those. Oh yeah, I could see that. <laughs> yeah, it's it. Being working working in it for eighteen years now, um, I've seen everything. <laughs> I I don't think I even. How often do you see drugs used at work? Oh, constantly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not like heroin or anything like that, but I wouldn't really <laughs> consider weed to be a drug either. So. Yeah. But if, but I I don't see coke. I mean, cocaine or anything like that. That's. But, far as i know it's not at my restaurant <laughs> yeah i uh a future episode I, I hope to do is with uh, uh a friend of mine she she was a former hooters girl and worked her way up to become management and then kind of on the corporate side of hooters and some of the stories she tells are just insane girls doing coke yeah in the bathroom before shifts and Evidently, Hooters has a policy where uh, you can't do sex. You can't be a stripper or a porn star if you're Hooters waitress. Mm -hmm. And she'd have to fire girls because she found out that they were, yeah, like stripping on the weekends or whatever. So that's that's a weird conversation to have. That's a whole other story right there. <laughs> I don't have any stripping experience, so. You'd probably make more money if you did. <laughs> It'd be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> if you were going to get out of the service industry, what reasons would it be for? Well, we assume the hours can suck. That's a great question. Yeah, the hours are pretty long. Um, having a family now, um, for obviously everybody that doesn't know, I actually just got engaged and I'm going to be married this year. And I have a lovely fiance and two kids. Congrats. To with it. So, um, I didn't have that before. Most of the time I would have a girlfriend and it would last maybe two to three years or whatever, however long, and then it would just be over with. Cycle continues. The last one I had, she complained about my hours. Um, and that's kind of what, what the strain of the relationship was. So yeah, long, long hours is kind of one of the biggest things for me. And it, Everybody complains about it being at this the restaurant I'm at right now, but it's almost every restaurant because you can say you're working from 10 to 6, but if there's something extra you need to do, you're going to be working there from like 10 to 9 or 10 to 8 or whatever, whatever however long it takes to get all your stuff taken care of. <clears throat> um, long hours. Um, and ultimately... Like I said, I've already seen. I've seen pretty much everything there is to a, a, in the restaurant industry, um, and I'm always looking for a new challenge. Even if I was 
option to to be a general manager, I could almost kind of doing that right now right. in my position, you know, take away the assistant part of that. And I, I am, I am running, running a whole store by myself. Now help me out with the titles is general manager, assistant general manager. Are those effectively store manager type similar title or are you above that? The general manager is above me and I'm above everybody. Do you have, are there managers under you or is it? Oh yeah. Yeah. So so there's managers there's tiers basically in our store and um the next one down behind that is the bar manager and then there's just regular managers pretty much. They all have salary. They all get salary. Yeah. Now being a general manager and assistant general manager are your hours a little more forgiving than that or not really? Yeah. I worked for the hours that I have right now, but at the moment um you know, I'm trying to make my other managers a little better, so I'm kind of staying a little bit longer just to see if I can help them do this and that and the other thing. We have a new bar manager right now, and I see him. I, I remember being a bar manager when I first started, and it was a lot of work put into it. Um, so I'm just kind of trying to help him, give him a little shortcuts to, to make it better so that he doesn't, have, he doesn't have to be here forever. He doesn't have to be at work a long time and he this is what he can do to not have to come in on his day off and everything so he yeah. can have a better quality of life ultimately that's kind of like the, anybody who works in the restaurant's dream is to have a better quality of life yeah <laughs> you know you don't have to have a, a phd or, or anything like that but um as long as everyone's making money i mean you're happy you you said you're you'd like to become a general manager do you have goals in the service industry outside of that, like different? Do you want to go to like upscale? Do you want to work at like a real bougie restaurant or? Well, no. Um, in my in my eyes, um, the highest thing I can do right now is be a general manager at the store that I'm at. Anything past that is something that I need to work on for myself. So uh, my ultimate goal is to actually own a food truck. Okay. Kind of work at my own pace and yeah. work for myself and not have to answer to anybody. And those things are like like the best thing in the world. And I get to make my own food. Yeah. Which is the coolest thing. Do you have experience <laughs> in the kitchen already? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I the only I don't have a whole lot of cook experience, but the ones I do are involve the restaurant I'm at right now and I've been there for four years cooking, so I've I can cook eggs. By what my fiance <laughs> Do you have an idea of what kind of food truck you would want to open? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want to open a food truck uh, with sandwiches and sides with it. Okay. I know that's kind of prevalent here in Austin where they have a lot of food trucks. I was going to say, what's the what's the food truck scene in San Antonio uh, like? It's pretty good too, but a lot of it's kind of taco trucks. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of taco trucks there, and they're not kind of like widely spread out. There used to be a couple places where... Um, trailer parks type. yeah they yeah. have like a trailer food food truck area they got shut down but i do see them pop up from time to time and there's like like breweries they'll have like breweries where they'll have food trucks and stuff so i mean i know it takes a while to make a profit off stuff like that but yeah if i do it the right way and i do it the way that i want it to be quality of life would be a lot better yeah i've I've noticed here in Austin, there, I mean, a couple of my favorite places are food trucks. Um, 
and some of them you can tell bank. Um, yeah. Just down the street here, my favorite uh, breakfast taco joint is two uh, two Mexican brothers run out of a rusted shitbox trailer, <laughs> but they're out there like 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday grinding out, and they're a cash-only business, so you know they're just making money hand over fist. And they're all, there's always a line. There's always people lined up for them. But then on the other end of the spectrum, there's some trailers that you cannot catch them open because they work for themselves. And they they're open whatever they want, basically. Yeah, they're real yeah. hit or miss. They're, eh, I feel like being open today. It's like, okay, well, I can't come to you. If I have no sense of when you're going to be open. So the the commitment is a, it would be a big off for me because I would I know inevitably I would want to sleep in or do whatever I would just <laughs> I'd lazily fuck it off and suddenly I owe 150 grand for a trailer that is now useless trailer needs wheels today yeah I'm done it's <laughs> over well that's I don't know the the regulations in San Antonio but in Austin to get like certified I guess the same group that certifies restaurants and inspects them um you have to tow your trailer in. I think it's once a year, once every two years. Um, I'm sure somebody's listening to this going, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but but I know at some point that has to you have to prove that it's mobile. Okay. So every now and then, like this trailer I'm thinking about, always has flat tires. It's, it's a rusty shitbox, but they make good food out of it. So at, once a year, you'll show up and you're like, oh, look at that. The tires are full. They've They've... They it's, clearly had to tow this got off. Inspected. Yeah, <laughs> food's extra clean today. That's funny. But uh, yeah, it's it seems interesting, but it's also it seems to be a real grind. Well, I mean that's that's the industry, though. I mean, you know, it's it's. I think I think personally, having a food truck is better to, to run by yourself and than have somebody tell you what to do. I, I don't know. I worked at Best Buy when I was seven, when I was 16 and 17 years old, and yeah. I hated it. I That was like my most despised job that I ever had was working for a corporate entity. That leads me into my next question. What kind of HDMI cable should I buy? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever those $32 ones that they sell, don't, don't buy please yeah I heard the, the cheap one's the way to go <laughs> i could probably get a discount on i could if i can put my number in from in springfield virginia i could probably get you a better <laughs> discount on that one <laughs> so back to the food truck would you want a trailer or would you want like an actual mobile truck truck or does it not really matter to I think, you i mean it doesn't really matter but i think ultimately i think i'd rather have just like a normal truck i always predict pictured myself like running like an ice cream truck and it has like the little flats open yeah and we used to do that at red hot and blue um we have the trailer and we open it up and do all this and have the propane i know how to set it all up so i mean really the idea is just getting all that stuff getting the flat top getting all the coolers on that but you know all that stuff's gonna, gonna take some money and savings and stuff so yeah hard to get i think it's hard to get a loan for that i would imagine yeah i have an investor already with my idea so yeah you have I, a name yeah it's my roommate <laughs> no do you have a name of your restaurant oh yeah of course um my idea is um i'm i used to live off of route one mm -hmm. um in virginia so it, the name of the truck would be route one sandwich shop okay and then the tagline underneath would be never forget your roots there you go yeah 
and think about that one for really hard. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any plans to leave San Antonio? No. No. I like I like the area that I'm in. I've lived in several different parts of San Antonio already. Um and most of them are pretty good. Some were okay, but the one place I live at right now is like when I first moved here, that place didn't exist. And now that it's kind of, they've done some construction and everything. It's kind of blossomed and pretty much everything that I need or my kids need or anything like that is like within a mile from where I live. So the place I live right now is pretty awesome. Are you a Spurs fan? Um, I'm a Spurs fan, but I'm not a fan of the Spurs fans, if that makes sense. Kinda. <laughs> What's, what do you have against Spurs fans? Um, ask me that same question in, uh, about what do I have against Cowboys fans. Is it just the, the gross optimism? There's, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, I guess I'm kind of a hater. All right. <laughs> I'm saying this on, on, on a microphone. Yes, I'm a hater uh, of the people that are, 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 are playing with success. All right. I like the Spurs, but I worked at Joe's downtown when they won the finals against the, against the Heat by myself. You can imagine what it was like when they least, won. Did you at least bank? No, I'm, I was making salary. Oh, shit. Oh. So I was running a two-story restaurant by myself oh, with about Lord. 200 people. Uh, and I, I can show you pictures later. It's okay. <laughs> and then, uh, but then Cowboys fans, of course, um, me being a Redskins fan. Yeah, so, but I, I'm sorry for you. That sucks. <laughs> you got Dan Snyder as your owner. Bruce Allen as our vice president. Rough. Hey, maybe RG3 will make a comeback for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you ever, do you go down to the Riverwalk much in San Antonio? Not lately. Does um, anybody who lives there really go down there? Well, a lot of people that, that come to visit, I think that's one of their first stops. Like when I, when I, when my mother came down here to visit me, that was one of the places I took her because everybody has to look at it. It's just like being it's back. Just in a shallow, it's just a shallow creek. Yeah. It's a, I'm a hater on the river walk. That thing's overrated. <laughs> it's like, what, what was it? Uh, Charles Barkley says, dirty little creek. It's, yeah, he's not wrong. <laughs> um, it's almost like that in D.C. It's like, oh, hey, I want to go to D.C. so I can see the museums and they're all free and all everything. But I'm, okay, let's go. Yeah. But actually, but actually in D.C. you're getting more educated. And then at the river walk, you're just... Looking you go to Coyote Ugly. Yeah, you can go to Coyote Ugly or uh, Howl at the Moon, which I think you can do in here in Austin too. I think there's a piano bar. Yeah, it, pretty much. Yeah, we have, I, I had a, I, I've hosted uh, couch surfers before, <laughs> dozens of them, and uh, met people from all over the world. And I hosted a, a German girl, very sweet, but she was just over the moon excited for the piano bar. Oh, and wanted man. to keep going back. And I was like, look, I can handle this once. But but that she's like, Chris, it's so Texan. I was like, no, it's Texan to a German. <laughs> it's this is all shtick. <laughs> Anybody could put a piano in, in her bar and play it any state. It's not just yeah, Texas. It's it's not special. <laughs> Go two stepping if you if you really wanted Texas. Go to Whataburger if you really <laughs> That's Texas. true. Or a taco stand. Two story. Um, do you go back to Virginia much? Um, I, I frequent there about 
once or twice a year. Um, usually it's close to the holidays. Last time I went was in August and when I proposed to my uh, girlfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. That was fun. And I was uh, having her meet meet the parents, family, and everybody. I have a much smaller family than she does. I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird, especially coming from, like, I come from... I have a big family, but it's not a close family, mm-hmm. so it's effectively a small family. Right. And then to interact with or to have significant others who have, like, really big, tight-knit, huge families, it's it's overwhelming to me a little bit. I don't remember everyone's name. I yeah. have to write it down. I, I was... I dated a girl, and she had a really, really big family, like five aunts and uncles, and God knows how many cousins. And, yeah, it took me probably three, four months to remember everybody's name. And yeah, it's... It's taken me a couple of years now, but I think I've got... I think I've got everyone who's important down. All the important ones. <laughs> that third cousin can yeah. fuck off, but yeah, everybody I, else. Yeah, he, he can come in anytime. <laughs> so, before before we sat down you said you had questions for me do you do you still have questions am i putting you on the spot mm. what do you have you so all right yeah it's not as easy as it looks is it yeah I, i'm <laughs> on the hot seat um so being in austin um how how do you feel like austin compares to san antonio um, and don't say the tacos because you know what's going to happen with that. I actually, I, I can answer that question real quickly. It's a uh, Valley tacos over everything. So I, I, as you open up the booze loudly into the microphone, um, it's too late. It's already ruined. Everybody's turning this off. Um, all 14 people are gone. Um, <coughs> As I cough, it's just a it's a train wreck at this point. Um, biggest difference: um, San Antonio feels more sprawled to me, kind of like Dallas. Um, Austin's the main parts of Austin are more compact geographically. I I've not spent enough time exploring San Antonio to really get into it. Um, Where have you been in San Antonio? Besides the Riverwalk, obviously. Riverwalk, um, some suburb that was in the hills where David Robinson used to live. Oh, the Dominion. Is that, yeah, yeah, I believe that's right. I've uh, been out there. Mm-hmm. That's probably about it. Uh, the downtown area in general, some. You ever been to the Pearl Brewery or anything like that? No, uh-uh. There is some site. You're right about San Antonio being kind of a sprawled out kind of city. I've always pictured it as like a small city that's way spread out by yeah. highways. Yeah, exactly. Because it's about the same size as Austin, but it's yeah. spread out over, it feels like three times the area. Because there's like a lot of nothing yeah. going down 410 or I-10 and then you have highlights and stuff like that. Have you been to, I assume you've been to the Alamo? Yes. It's completely overrated, isn't it? Yeah, the basement's awful. <laughs> Alamo's garbage. Nah, it's because it looks well. So you're not from Texas, but when you live in Texas, you grow up. You're taught Texas history. I don't know if they teach Virginia history in elementary school. They have to. Do they? Okay. <laughs> I don't know if that's in every state. Well, thing. not like a not like Virginia history, but the the elementary school that basically where we grew up um, was five minutes from George Washington's house. So you get a lot of founding fathers education. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we've uh, civics and all that stuff. But uh, one of the things, and and you and I have been part of some some Texas uh, debates with others in our Fight Club group that yes. we that we have, and. We don't actually fight in there, by the way, guys. Uh, not yet. Um, but I always contend, like, I, I love Austin. I've lived here for six years. It's a great place to live. You can tell by all the fucking Californians and New Yorkers <laughs> who move here. The Virginians moving to Texas. No, um, but honestly, I think even Austin's a little overrated compared to Dallas and Houston. And I say this because... Austin has a lot better outdoors. I You've got the hill that. country. It's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It, you got nature to enjoy. But the food and the art scene in Houston and Dallas is better than Austin. I agree with that. It's. I've, I think I've said that to you before, that Austin's you, a little overrated. That's well, Yeah, but you also said San Antonio was the second coming of Christ. So <laughs> <laughs> slow your roll. Just you wait, guys. 2020. Um, but just in terms of... Being able to find any kind of food, Austin, you can get it in Austin. I'm sure San Antonio has, but Houston and Dallas has entire neighborhoods of Vietnamese people or Ethiopian people or Arab American people. You, you have entire just neighborhoods of these cultures and restaurants that yeah. you can go to rather than <clears throat> torchies. <laughs> right. Beacon of Mexican American culture. By the way, torchies, torchies is not that bad. <laughs> But you're right. You're right. They have a lot more um, when it comes to different types of cuisine. I, I, we have that kind of thing in D.C. as well. Like you, if you go to if you go to D.C., you you have like Chinatown and there's Ethiopian food and all those things like that. Um, yeah, I haven't really experienced that in San Antonio either, honestly. Yeah. So I mean, there's. They have poke bowl stands, but... Yeah, I mean, like you'll find different restaurants. If I want to find Vietnamese in San Antonio, I'm sure I'll find it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to be able to go to Little Vietnam in San Antonio like I am Houston or... You're slamming shit down. Angry. You've, um, you've run off the last two people listening. Um, That brings up a good point, like because um, my fiancé, she was talking about... Um, taco stands because i i like going to taco stands there's one in particular that i go on the way home you're a white man from virginia of course you like taco stands well, tacos i grew up born and raised who doesn't like tacos no three <laughs> um but there's a taco stand and she says it's okay but she's not into san antonio tacos and she's not really into ta- uh, austin tacos either mm-hmm. but she loves torchies Everybody loves torchies because they put a whole bunch of shit in, in one one taco. Have you had their their chicken and waffle taco? No, not yet. It's fucking fantastic. I, I imagine so. Chicken and waffles <laughs> is amazing. And then um, in a taco, <laughs> like it just folded up. And it's it's bam. literally like a piece of tortilla with a little waffle strip, a chicken strip, fried egg, a little bit of cheese, and syrup on top. It well, is awesome. I'm off tomorrow, and it's like five minutes away. So. The uh the torches down in the street here, mm-hmm. uh that's the one uh, President Obama stopped at when he visited Austin. Is he still there? He might be. <laughs> he's he's off, he's just off hi. the clock. <laughs> um, 
And but then now, the, the McDonald's down the street is the McDonald's Donald Trump would stop at if he ever visited Austin. They're Molotov cocktails. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, she was telling me... The that, views of Eric do not represent this podcast. <laughs> she was telling me that, that the tacos down in the valley are the are better than anybody's tacos, period. And I was a little reluctant to agree with her at, at, at times, but man... If you go down to McAllen and get yourself a taco, it's the best thing on earth, honestly. What's what's what makes it so good? <clears throat> it's the simplicity of it. Yeah. These people like put their heart and soul into one taco, one mini taquito. <laughs> I tried to sound Mexican. Um, but um it's They're just like the best thing on earth. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the avocado or the uh, cotilla cheese or anything like that, but it's like the best thing. San Antonio tacos seem a little more churched up than that. They it, they have that kind of flavor to them, but not all of them are like that. There is one particular place in Stone Oak, the Stone Oak area, that actually makes tacos like the Valley. In Austin, honestly, I can't. A test for Austin tacos aside from Austin Torchies. tacos are fine. Where, where Austin <clears throat> Austin shines with its breakfast tacos. Okay, that's uh, taco is a ta- not really gonna have a terrible taco. Um, but our breakfast tacos are kind of our claim to fame. San Antonio say <clears throat> that they were the makers of breakfast tacos i'm sure they did i'm not from here so <laughs> who knows <laughs> so, um and th- that's the other funny thing about texas is people in texas are gonna bitch and moan and have the rivalries about houston versus dallas versus austin versus san antonio but then the second somebody Tries to come in and go, oh yeah, fuck Texas. Everybody comes together <laughs> oh, yeah. and Is says, that what, what you did you say, say about, about Texas? <laughs> I've, uh, <clears throat> being a Texan is pretty sweet, especially when you travel abroad. Um, people ask where you're from and you say, oh, you, you know, I'm, I'm from Texas. I'm an, well, if you say I'm an American, they're like, yeah, okay. You're like, oh, I'm, I'm from Texas. Ooh, they perk <laughs> up a little bit. Well, where in Texas? And for the longest time, I used to live in Dallas. Like, oh, I'm from Dallas. Like, oh, that's neat. (laughs) I hear Austin's amazing. Like, everybody wants to meet somebody who, like, for whatever reason, Austin, Texas has this cachet abroad. Pretty amazing. I've always wanted to go to ACL or South by, and I still haven't done it yet. I I work in parking, and those are two of the biggest headaches of the year from a parking perspective. South by in particular is just D-Day. When I I worked in San Marcos, we were first, first opening that store. And we couldn't get beer. We had 54 beers on tap. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't get like two or three of those beers on tap because ACL was going on. And our rep w- was too focused on giving those beers to ACL. I'd believe it. Yeah. That was a headache on its own. South by ACLs, it's it's kind of a mess, but it's a localized mess. South by people leave town. People take their vacations to leave town during South by because it's such it, the entire downtown in East Austin is just taken over. 
It's a commute that would take five minutes, can take you 45 minutes. So it's like Fiesta in San Antonio, basically. Except, Except two weeks long. Two week, well, Fiesta's two weeks. Yeah. My, uh, I got a new car thanks to Fiesta from two years ago. Really? Yeah, the, one of the guys, I was, um, I was driving up Culebra Road. Some guy thought he could sandwich himself in between two cars, and one of them it was his cars was mine. And he left his van on the side of my car after he hit it and ran off. Really? Yeah. That was fun. Fiesta sucks, by the way, guys. What, what is Fiesta? <laughs> Fiesta is basically a two-week party in San Antonio. Um, there's there's a lot of tradition to it. Um, what I gather. I mean, I'm not from San Antonio, so I can't really attest for... There's a lot of things that go along with it. There's people that like to gather the medals. There's like medals that you can get from like different places. Um, and I thought that was pretty cool. But there's also like two, there's two like festivals where they have like floats and stuff. There's a day parade and a night parade and that's all downtown. So I'll never see that again. Um, so it's kind of like a San Antonio Mardi Gras type deal. Yeah. I would okay. say that's probably the most ideal thing. I think my favorite thing in San Antonio is the rodeo. Really? I love the rodeo. I've all, up until this year, I've been there every single year I've been in San Antonio. I just got back from uh Las Vegas with my my good friend, hello Joe. And uh you know Joe, he's in our magical fight club. Yes. Um we went to Vegas, and it just so happened that it was the Na- the Wrangler National Rodeo was the two weeks that we were there, and it was the biggest shit show. <laughs> and people were like, "Oh, you're where?" Because they always people always ask when you're at a black jacket. Oh, where are you from? I'm from Texas. Are you here from the rodeo? Does it fucking look like I'm here for the rodeo? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Do you see me wearing spurs? <laughs> yeah. Do you see a bolo on, asshole? No, <laughs> I'm not. And what was interesting though is I've seen rodeos. I've seen cowboys i've seen ranchers having lived in texas i've seen those people but i've not seen them in utah and montana and wyoming and when they come into vegas it's all them but the style is it's like they've waited their whole life to try to dress up but don't know how so you see these people it's it's almost like a combination of elton john and john wayne it's (laughs) And then inevitably I would find the one guy who looked kind of rough in his like dirty jeans was like, where are you from? I'm from Texas. Of course you are. Just, you look pragmatic with your outfit, sir. I just pictured Elton John riding a bull right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so, I, I, yeah, we had, they have those people at, at the, at the San Antonio Rodeos too. And I'm Wyoming, Montana. I'm like, okay, well that makes sense because there's nothing else to do out there. Yeah. Basically. The, for whatever reason, the Utah Cowboys and Cowgirls, I, 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 towards the end of the weekend, I could pick them out of a lineup. I could walk up, where are you from? Utah. Of course you are. It makes sense. Sober. <laughs> <laughs> You're boring. But, uh, the last time I was at the rodeo, I saw Willie Nelson. Well, I saw most of Willie Nelson because I was passed out for like 30 minutes of it. Really? The Lone Star uh gremlin got a hold of me and, <laughs> me and my friend that were there <laughs> how how much lone star does it take to pass somebody out i don't know man i had a 24 pack that day and Ooh, okay. i started well, at 7 a.m 
fair amount. Yeah, but it was just it was just like a normal day. I mean, I don't normally like wake up and pound Lone Star or anything like that. It was a kind of a special day just because it was the rodeo and we were going to the rodeo. And I made this cowboy breakfast just of hash browns, eggs, sausage, bacon, yeah, pretty much everything and then a giant quiche dish. And I ate some of it and had two Lone Stars, drove up to San Marcos, had two more. Better, two more Lone Stars. It was just, it was a, like. You paced yourself for the most part. Yeah. Until I got to the rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> That's when Willie came on. Have you explored Austin or Houston and Dallas much? I have been to Houston a couple times. Um, my fiance's sister lives in Houston, so we went there a couple times. And we usually fly out of there when it comes to, uh, we need to go back home. Just because I think it's a little bit cheaper. Yeah. Um, but uh, I've I've been to a little bit of downtown area. Mm-hmm. It was pretty nice. I like Houston a lot. Um, but I haven't been to like the stadiums or anything like that. The, I've been to the stadiums a couple of times, but it's Houston's really fun when you start getting into the different neighborhoods. I found. Do tell. Like uh, seeing my problem is I don't know the neighborhoods enough to tell you where <laughs> the fuck I was in Houston, but you'll just find insane restaurants tucked in the middle of Houston's really weird because it's. <clears throat> The way things blend together in Houston is really neat because you'll go through like a street full of shit torn down houses. You'll pass a, the next block will be McMansions and it'll be an old housing project. And it's just, it's all blended together very, as opposed to like Dallas where it's like, here's the part of Dallas where Hispanic people live. Here's the part of Dallas that is run down. Here's the super wealthy where George Bush and Mark Cuban live. It's all very intricate, segregated little chunks. And Houston, it just kind of all blends together. Yeah. I. <clears throat> the only experience I had with Dallas was uh, I went to the Omni. I stayed in the Omni there. The the one downtown? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I went to, I went to the uh, Dallas Mavericks game. That was the only experience I had down there. Like Damn. we, we walked. The person I was with, we walked back, back to the hotel, and it was a good walk. Pretty awesome, man. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was kind of a, a long walk, but it was. But also, downtown Dallas is pretty dead. Yeah, like it's not, it's not downtown DC. Austin or DC <laughs> or even yes, yeah, parts of San Antonio. Um. <clears throat> yeah, Dallas is is weird in its own right. Just. So spread out the ways it's laid out. I need to go back. I, I, I think, I don't think Dallas is that bad. I think the people that root for the Cowboys are that bad. I just, I like how delusional they are. Every year is their year. Well, this year is their year. <laughs> well, well, they said that last year, and I'm pretty sure they said that with Quincy Carter as their quarterback, too. So we'll see. Seems to be their year so far. You're just saying that as a sad Redskins fan. Silently cutting my right now. <laughs> um, if you had to leave Texas, where would you go? That's a good question, Chris. Thanks, man. <laughs> um, I think I don't know. I think in, I would 
probably make it to Colorado because I don't know. There's something about Colorado that I've never been there before, but it kind of feels very similar to Texas. I don't know why. I, I've never been, like I said, I've never been to Colorado before. I've been to Colorado a bit. It's, it's interesting. You know what's really interesting is if you go to Colorado in the summer, mm-hmm. you, depending on the part of Colorado you go, you'll see more Texas license plates than Colorado. Makes sense. Because it's 70 degrees out there and everybody is sick of it being 105. Yep. So they all... They're cooling there. off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's... Colorado's interesting. I, I can't put my finger on the people. Um... But just naturally, it's it's insane. It's like going on a meditation retreat, <laughs> but you're not meditating. You're just you're, you're, alive. <laughs> you're yeah. It's insane that just you go for a drive in any direction. Two hours later, you're just looking at the craziest mountain formations or creeks or rivers. I, I did do that, and when all right, so my first year here, story time. Um, my first year here, I have my buddy Doug. My buddy Blake and my buddy Doug hit one of his friends comes back home. They've they were dating for a while, but he came back in. Um and I was talk I had just finished serving at Joe's Crab Shack and he one of my I texted Blake and he I'm like, Hey, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm just about to head home. You know, you can come on by if you want. I'm like, cool, I'll be there. And then he goes, um, I'm getting ready to go over there, and he goes, pack your bags. Doug's getting married in Vegas. And I go, I'm a little on the fence about this because I had just made my rent. Yeah. It was like my third month in Texas, and I'm just making my rent. My rent was being paid to my my friend's dad. I wasn't too cool with him that at the time. Yeah. Um. So I said, I'm a little on the fence about this, and – I get a text from Doug and he goes, don't be a pussy. Be a part of something great. <laughs> so of course, what did I do? I go to Vegas. How much did you blow? I didn't spend that much money at all Ooh, going jealous. into Vegas. I made about 60 bucks going into Vegas um, at the slot machines. At the airport? No, we didn't fly. We drove. Jesus. It was it was her rental car that we drove because she worked at... Um, UCLA, UCLA, Berkeley. Uh, UNLV, Berkeley. Wait, in California? Oh, I thought we were going to Vegas. Berkeley. Okay. So she worked at Berkeley, and they got married in Vegas in a drive-through wedding. Best wedding I've ever been in. Driver, slash maid of honor, <laughs> slash flower girl, <laughs> slash flower girl. Yeah, we drove to San Francisco. I got to see San Francisco a little bit, and then me and Blake. Both had to work on Thursday. It was now two Wednesday morning, and we're driving back to San Antonio from San Francisco. You're just cannonball running it. Yep, that's what he did. But I did stop at In and Out Burger for the first time and tried that out. Whataburger's better. I liked the ones they had in in California. Huh. I like. They're fine. I'm not gonna shit on it, but I think the they're a little overhyped. Better. Whataburger's way better. It is. Whataburger's better than everything. Except for Culver's. Um, anyways. So we drive 27 hours through 
the entire almost the entire state of California through Arizona and New Mexico and pretty much all of Texas because if you go from one if you're going from one spot of Texas to another it's almost going to take you like a whole day anyways yeah if you drive from Dallas to Los Angeles and you go through El Paso over half the entire drive is just the state of Texas just go through El Paso and guess where we went through El Paso El Paso we actually got pulled over in El Paso really <laughs> for no reason i had actually it was actually my shift change and i was driving before that i was driving through arizona new mexico and my buddy blake goes through he just got in the car to go to el paso and it was like maybe like two miles down the road he gets pulled over it's not our car <laughs> it's not our car at all so we're they're searching everything and yeah, so we were about three hours late for work that day. <laughs> that happened. My sister, um, she lived up in Cincinnati at the time, and <clears throat> my mom was giving her her old car, but to get it there, she had to pick it up in Dallas. So she's driving her my mom's old car from Dallas to Cincinnati, and somewhere in Bumfuck, Arkansas, she gets pulled over. And the cop, you know, license registration, the car's registered to my mom. He's, he says, why is, why is this not match up? Oh, well, it's my mom's car. Um, she just gave it to me. Uh-huh. And where are you going? Cincinnati. Uh-huh. Do you mind if I search your car? My sister doesn't have anything to hide. Um, yeah, whatever, officer. So him and his buddy start going through the car, rifling through it, go through a backpack, go through her suitcase, unzip her suitcase, and there they find... A giant aluminum foil brick. The cop's like, aha, what do we have here? My sister is a very dry individual. My sister just looks and goes, banana bread. He's like, yeah, we'll just see about that. Tears into this aluminum foil. Right, I find a, lo a loaf of <laughs> banana bread that my mom made for my sister. <laughs> and at this point, the cop's like partner is just snickering uncontrollably. <laughs> going, you fucking asshole. My sister said that when all was said and done, the cops had packed her bag back up better than when she had left Dallas <laughs> and sent her on her merry way. But uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> uh, see, I'm the type of person, you know, hats off to my sister. I would have been sweating bullets even knowing it was banana bread. Just because. Yeah, I've been pulled over in. Virginia, and so, yeah, I don't understand that. But I've only been pulled over once. I heard Virginia cops do not fuck around. No, they don't. They don't fuck around at all. Not like, I've... They're quick to impound a car, and I, I just heard that they... Virginia, like, traffic laws in general are extra strict. They uh, they had an issue. There was one time they were... Um, Virginia traffic? Yeah, Virginia traffic. <laughs> so we are coming up on a little over an hour okay about time to start wrapping it up okay you got any more questions for me no sir uh, good i beat you on the question game you did it's not that easy i'm telling you no it sucks <laughs> <laughs> but um, i feel i feel like i actually contributed a little bit I, I i got one question for you yes sir who's your favorite in our in our fight club group who's my favorite what who's your favorite in the group i just want you to drop a first name nobody's gonna know what you're talking about except the three of them that listen to this that's sharpie 
Oh, yeah? Yeah. Ooh. Always. Shout out, Sharp. <laughs> you heard the love. <laughs> well, Eric, I appreciate you coming in. It's been fun. Um, thanks for coming out. Thanks for talking to us about the restaurant industry and about how much superior Texas is to Virginia. Yeah, it is. It is. It is the superior state of the United States. Superior country, superior everything. Yeah. Great nation of Texas. Come visit Texas. <laughs> <laughs> but don't move here. We're full, guys. Yeah, sorry. See thank you. Second. Thank you for everybody to turning tuning in, listening. Uh, please tell your friends, like us on iTunes and all that happy horse shit. Every, everybody that's listening for me, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing to his podcast and uh, please keep listening. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.